0: Welcome back to another episode of Milk to Meat. I'm your host, Keisha Pointer, and tonight I'm going to be continuing on in our read of the book, Plano Spirits. This book is written by Michael W. Smith. He has multiple degrees in psychology, and before he was delivered and changed his practice to a more Christian and Holy Spirit practice. He um, worked in um, secular field as a psychiatrist to many people. So, Um, once he got delivered, he changed his practice and became um, a house of healing that is led by the Holy Spirit. So he has written this book and I'll leave the I'll leave the link in the in the comments again for you to go and, and find it. But last week we talked about the um what Plano Spirits was and uh, the cure the cause and the cure for mental illness. We went over the cure, and now I want to continue on of how you fight against it after you have went through the process of being cured. So, without further ado, let's get started. So, to fight spirits in the brain, we're going to look at Scripture 2 Corinthians 10, and five, and this scripture is one that instructs us to take our thoughts captive. So, we've seen in the Second um, Timothy 1 and 7 that God gives us power, love, and a sound mind. Sound mind mean being disciplined thoughts. In order to have disciplined thoughts, we have to learn how to take those thoughts captive and submit them unto Christ. So, in 2 Corinthians ten four through 5 reads, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not earthly. They're not physical. They're not guns. They're not knives. Um, those are not our weapons of warfare. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through the through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations. And remember that word because I'm going to elaborate on that in just a minute. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing it into captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Okay. <clears throat> so that was Second Corinthians ten four through 5 Continue on, the book says, plant of spirits inside the brain hijack the person's mind. And thought life in an attempt to control the person's will. Their work can be dismantled by following the specific instructions in 2 Corinthians 10. So, first of all, we're going to look at the different words that we see in 2 Corinthians and we're going to break them down and look at the Greek word and the Greek definition. So, the first word we come to in 2 Corinthians that we're going to break down is carnal. In the Greek, it means sarx, which is fleshly. Um, The next word is mighty. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty. Mighty is translated as dunamis, and that's a supernatural power. It's the same Word that was given in 2nd Timothy 2 I mean 2nd uh, Timothy 1 and 7 that dunamis supernatural power. The next word is pulling down or casting down. So we have we have both of those we have pulling down of strongholds and casting down imaginations. So pulling down and casting down, they are both the same word. And I would butcher that. Um, Catharesis. Get that. Catharesis. Something like that. But it means to overthrow or dismantle. Strongholds. The Greek definition there is fortress. I would butcher that name, so I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna try to pronounce the but it's o c h u r o m a, and it means fortress. Imagination, casting down imaginations. The word imagination there is logis, uh, logismos. And it means mental reasoning so it's the that deep understanding where we where we reason out and make decisions um, the next word we're gonna break down in the Greek is high thing um, there says casting down imaginations in every high thing so there that Greek is hubsoma I know probably butchered that but it's H U P S O M A and it means elevated ideas and the last word that we're gonna that we're going to look at in the Greek is thought and it's noema probably butchered that but it's N-O-E-M-A and it means designs, or ideas of the mind. So, now that we looked at the different definitions of what it means in the Greek, you can have a little better understanding of what it's talking about, and it's, as we talked about last time, when you read it in the English, you kind of have an understanding from your, your knowledge of your personal experiences and your teachings and things like that, and we don't necessarily always, um, that was strange, anyways, we don't necessarily always, um, comprehend, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. We don't necessarily comprehend things in the proper definition. And even some words get mistranslated. So it's always good to look at the Greek or the Hebrew. So, we're moving on. 2 Corinthians 10:4-5 has been interpreted by many, I mean, excuse me, interpreted by some to mean a person can dismantle spiritual personalities or principalities hovering over geographic areas such as cities and states. The text actually refers to the war between the Holy Spirit and the spirit man and the ungodly, demonic or disobedient thoughts in the mind the true war of the worlds actually occurs in the brain. So now we're going to even break it down a little further. And we're going back to that word pull down. And in the Greek, we have Remember, it means to overthrow. So, overthrow your mental strongholds or fortresses. This can be accomplished by renewing your mind by studying God's Word, meditating, praying, worshiping, interceding, and consciously rejecting negative thoughts injected into the brain by spirits. As the untruths in the brain are dismantled, the spirits lose their power and collapse. Many times, they will leave the brain without any specific prayer or deliverance. Number two, cast down. Cast down is that same word meaning to overthrow. Overthrow your imaginations. The Greek word for imaginations was mental reasoning. Evil spirits will give you ideas that seem reasonable in an attempt to stay in the brain. Even if a thought in the natural seems rational, it is to be rejected if it contradicts the word of God, your faith, your conscience, or the peace of mind. Number three, high thing. And that was the Greek word hypsoma, which means elevated. So high things against God's knowledge, pride, ego-centered thoughts that make the person feel important, accepted, intelligent, capable, valuable, must be um, eviscerated. That's an English word, and I probably, and <laughs> I know I butchered it. Eviscerated. <laughs> it's the first time I've seen that word. Um, but, uh, let me start over. Pride and ego centered thoughts that make the person feel important, accepted, intelligent, capable, and valuable must be eviscerated. Your identity is not in the power. Of positive thinking or secular encouragement it is not in vain babblings or instructions from friends or relatives or a codependent parent or spouse your identity is in Christ Ephesians 1 you have been accepted into the beloved sealed by the Holy Spirit and redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus flattering or encouraging words From a plano spirit will lead to deeper bondage. Narcissism will ruin your deliverance. Number four, take your thoughts, your mental designs or ideas, captive to obey those of the Lord Jesus Christ. Evil spirits can inject thoughts into the mind from the brain causing confusion and dementia. They have been in the person's brain since childhood. The thoughts seem normal and a familiar part of the person's personality. The vast majority of thoughts from seducing spirits are negative. If the thought is negative, it is probably from Satan, not the Holy Spirit. Each thought must be detected, rebuked, and removed. Symptoms of having spirits in the brain Sinful or inappropriate behavioral patterns that do not clear up, even after participating in Bible studies, church, home groups, prayer, fasting, conferences, retreats, mentoring, and seminars. Eye changes in behavior or thought patterns after sustaining significant emotional or physical trauma. Uncontrolled periods of racing thoughts curse words or music passing through the mind without an apparent trigger or stimulus. First Timothy 4:1 through 3, religious legalism, which maintains a significant attachment to standards of clothing, food, feast, forms, rituals, holidays, festivals, etc., while also harboring internal iniquity. Sudden spells or surges of anger, jealousy, frustration, or lust in the soul, emotions, with no significant trigger or stimulus. The inability to completely remove all traces of unforgiveness or negative feelings regarding others or self in spite of attending forgiveness seminars, grace Bible studies, and cleansing programs. The inability to remain awake, to read or comprehend the Bible. The development of a sudden chronic fatigue pattern when attempting to work. Maintain the home or read the word. Now remember, these are all symptoms of having spirits in the brain. Chronic fascination with the end times or apocalypse. Apocalyptic scenarios. A powerful urge to share religious ideas with others while living a secret sinful lifestyle. Chronic nightmares or repetitive bad dreams. So, those are the symptoms of having spirits in the brain. And believe it or not, it is very, very common. And most of all, I can probably name myself and everyone that I know having one or more of these issues or symptoms. That would be a spirit spirit in the brain, a plane of spirit. And now I'm going to move on and read about some psychiatric case studies that back these statements up that we find in the Bible. The Holy Scriptures illustrate cases of mental illnesses specifically caused by evil spirits. These cases demonstrate the ability of spirits to cause disabilities and mental impairments. Notice how rapidly the individuals recover when the spirits are removed. Clinical case study one: the disabled son and the grief-stricken father. This is the story found in Luke 9:37 through 43, Mark 9:14 through 20, 26, Matthew 17. Verses 15 through 21. A desperate father brings his son to the nine disciples for a deliverance service. And they are unable to cast the spirits out of him because of their unbelief. The scripture indicates the patient is suffering from the Greek word. Um... Selena I. Selena I. Zomai. That's the Greek word. Selena I. Zomai. I probably butchered that pronunciation, but it's S E L E N I A Z O M A I. And it means moonstruck or lunacy or insane. it is revealed that the boy has a deaf and dumb spirit um allos is the greek word for dumb it means a total loss of speech kophos is the greek word for deaf and means a partial impairment the symptoms of the spirit cause the child are similar to illnesses we've seen today notice the Greek definitions these are the different symptoms the boy had he is sore vexed um the Greek word there is p a s c h o it means suffering emotional and or mentally the second symptom is he is taken. And the Greek word there is limbano, lambano, L A M B A N O, and it means he received or hijacked. Number three, it tears him. And these are all parts of the scripture. If you read the story, these are words from the scripture describing the symptoms that this boy has and teres him is spastico which means mangle or seizure number 4 he foams uh the greek word there is efrezo af i probably butchered that aph R-I-Z-O, it means froth at the mouth. The fifth thing it does is bruise him. The Greek word there is zuntribo, means to crush or smash. Number six, it r- rarely leaves him. And that means the condition is chronic. Number seven, he pines away, and the Greek word there is x-e-r-a-i-n-o, It means to waste or shrivel up, it means he's not eating, he's lost a lot of weight. Number eight, he gnashes his teeth, the Greek word there is trezo, t-r-i-z-o. T-R-I-Z-O it means grind. Number 9, it cast him into the water and fire. The Greek word there is ballo or ballo B A L L O. It means throws. This disability exhibits symptoms directly related to a wide range of mental illnesses listed in the DSM 4 and 5. It also appears the patient may have had epilepsy, grandma seizures, suicide ideation, clinical depression, anorexia, chronic pain, and self-mutilation. The child recovered quickly after Jesus removed the mnemonic spirits. Clinical case study number two, the criminally insane man of Gadarea, which is found in Mark chapter 5, verses 1, and Luke chapter 8, verse 26. A man suffering from symptoms of what appears to be severe paranoid schizophrenia of his own free will runs to the Son of God for treatment. The text reveals the clinical symptoms. The condition was chronic. He was naked and homeless. He was pushed or controlled by spirits. He had unclean, or the Greek word there is um, A-K-A-T-H-A-R-T-O-S, and it means morally impure spirits. He possessed unusual strength. No one could tame him. The Greek word there is D-A-M-A-Z-O. It means to be out of control. The man had severe sleep deprivation and insomnia. He had severe clinical depression. means he cried all night. Number nine, he had a severe anxiety disorder and was a self mutilator. He cut himself. Subsequent to the removal of the spirits, the citizens of the town found the man seated, dressed, and in his right mind. The Greek word there was sophroneo, sophroneo, S O P H R O N E A. N-E-O and it means sane mind he was back in a sane controlled mind the citizens of the community were afraid the Greek word there is phobio means alarmed or frightened when they saw his remarkable recovery Probably similar to the fear Christians have today of spirits, demons, Satan, and deliverance. Clinical case study number three is speech impairment. It's found in Luke 11 and 14. A man suffering from a speech deficit, probably chronic stuttering, is instantly cured after a spirit with the same condition is removed by Jesus. The man had absorbed the traits of the spirit, which infected the speech centers in the temple areas of his brain. The spirit had kofos, a stutter, a speech impairment, which is also found in DSV 4, code 307. And it transferred the condition to the patient. Subsequently, the man exhibited the same symptoms. These kind of seducing spirits can cause additional impairments in the Christian. These spirits frequently cause the person to fall asleep while reading the word of word or block them from receiving their gift of tongues. The blocking spirits then try to limit it to a few words or one or two short repetitive phrases Luke 11:14 One day Jesus was casting out a devil and Diamonian is the greek word it means demon and it autos a u t o s meaning he So, it was mistranslated. It was really translated as he, talking about the spirit himself, the demon itself, was dumb. And the Greek word there is kophos, meaning speech impediment. It came to pass that the devil was removed, and the dumb man spoke, and the people wondered. The Greek word for wondered is T-H-A-U-M-A-T-I-Z-O. It means to be utterly amazed. Clinical case study number four, lycanthropy. This is found in Daniel 4. Lycanthropy is what we would call today um, werewolves or like a half-man, half-wolf. Lycanthropy is derived from two Greek words, leukos, meaning wolf, and anthropos, meaning man. In folklore and superstition, it is applied to a human being who has changed into an animal or is capable of of assuming the form of a wolf-like, retaining human intelligence. In psychiatric literature, lycanthropy is an unusual belief, or delusion, that one has been transformed into an animal or a behavior suggestive of such belief. The capability of the human being to transform into an animal is a phenomenon that has been described in many cultures since early history. Lycanthropy is actually a severe mental illness caused by powerful seducing spirits that enter the person's mind, causing insanity with psychiatric disillusions. In Africa, they are called animal spirits. Many uh, clinicians use the term madness. There is a case recorded in the Old Testament. It was instantly cured by God after a disability period of seven years. So you find this in Daniel chapter 4, verses 33 and 34. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from men and did not eat grass as oxen, or excuse me, did eat. So he was driven from men and ate grass as oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven until his hairs were grown like eagles, feather, and his nails like bird's claws. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes to heaven, and my understanding returned to me, and I blessed the Most High. I praised and honored him that lives forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. So as you see there in Daniel chapter 4, verses 33 and 34, Nebuchadnezzar was turned into some form of animal, and he was in this condition for seven years. Case study number five. Excuse me, the two maniacs of Gergesenes. This is found in Matthew chapter 8, verses 28. When Jesus came to the other side into the country of Gergesenes, there met him two possessed with devils the Greek word is diamon diamon monizomai diamonizomai. <laughs> and it means to be demonized or under the control to a greater or lesser degree of spirits. So was, that word is used to describe being oppressed or controlled in some form by demonic spirits. But these two, these two men were possessed with devils, but it, they weren't technically possessed. They were oppressed and controlled. Coming out of the tombs exceeding fierce, the Greek word there is C-H-A-L-E-P-O-S, meaning dangerous, exceeding dangerous, so that no man pass by that way. These two mentally ill patients had no residence and lived in groups like many American homeless do For instance, Skid Row in LA, South Phoenix They were probably criminally insane or sociopathic and violent Once the spirits were removed from their brains, they were cured and sober-minded Case study number six. Generalized anxiety disorders in scripture. 1 Samuel 21, 12-14. We see David talking about this. It says, David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid. Of a kish, I think. Achish, the king of Goth. He changed his behavior before them and fiend himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gates and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Then said Achish to his servants, Lo, you see, the man is mad. The Hebrew there is shogah, or meaning raving. Why have you brought him to me? So the king is asking why David was brought to him, because he appeared to be mad because of his the way he was so anxious, he was so full of anxiety. Again, found in Deuteronomy 28, verses 28 through 29, the Lord shall smite you, disobedient Jews, with madness. The word madness in Hebrews is S H I G G A O N, means craziness, blindness, and astonishment. Hebrew word there is T I M M A H O N meaning castration of heart You shall grope at noonday in the blind gropes as the blind gropes in darkness You shall not prosper in your ways and you shall only you shall be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and so man shall save. No man shall save. Um, in Zechariah 12 and 4 continues on with examples of anxiety. In that day, says the Lord, I shall smite every horse with astonishment and his rider. Gentiles in the millennium. That's what it's talking about there. With madness. The Hebrew word is S H I G G A O N, craziness. It means craziness. I will open my eyes upon the house of Judah, and I will smite every horse of the people and of the people with blindness. In First Samuel, chapter sixteen, verses fourteen through sixteen, we see the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Saul's servants said to him behold now an evil spirit from God troubles Troubles in the Hebrew is B-A-A-T-H means terrifies Let your Lord now command your servants to seek out a man who is cunning Who is a cunning player on a harp? It shall come to pass, when the evil spirit from God is upon you, that he shall play with his hand, and you shall be well. Case study number seven, thought suggestion. We find in 1 Corinthians 21 and 1, Satan stood up against Israel and provoked the Hebrew word there is S-U-T, suit, and it means to stimulate. So Satan stood up against Israel and provoked David to number Israel. How does Satan stimulate David to number Israel when he already knew it was wrong to number his citizens? He did it by putting thoughts into his mind. And there's several more case studies that's found in the Bible. Regarding mental illnesses. Excuse me. Regarding mental illnesses and, and. Different physical illnesses. That we deal with even today. And. These things were cast out, these demons were cast out by the Lord and each person made new and whole again. So, is scriptural evidence and scientific evidence from a person who did secular psychiatry for many years? both stating that Christians can have demons. Christians, excuse me, have physical and mental afflictions from demons and can it be healed completely by the Holy Spirit. So hopefully you found this useful and um you have any questions or comments just leave them in the comment section or send me an email and I would be happy to further discuss it with you or answer any of your questions I hope each and every one of you have a blessed day and I'll talk to you soon